doing, Ben? How are things? I'm very good. And uh, this is kind of a dry run for us a little bit. Um, you're going to be joining us in the future on one of my main podcasts. So this is kind of the uh, test run for that and get you kind of involved with uh, the um, with the regular professional wrestling kind of how we do things on that, on that side of things. So being that you are more familiar with foreign policy than I am and you have a military background, I figured that the Saudi Arabian show, uh, Crown Jewel this year, would be a good place to get you started. And especially since I don't cover it on any of my shows, because let's be honest, politically speaking, from, from the U.S. perspective, it is disgusting that the WWE does business on the Saudi Arabian front. Well, and there's there's a consideration here. You know, I I'm I'm pretty cross with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for a number of reasons. Uh, not the least was which not the least of which was they literally butchered a journalist. Yes. Um, with hacksaws. I'm like, well, that's not nice. <laughs> to put it to put it mildly. Um, and they have they have actually kind of a chokehold on the entire Muslim world because Mecca is in Saudi Arabia. Um, you have to go there at least once in a lifetime. Uh, well, I I would rather not, to tell you the truth. Well, and that's the thing is like, do I do I never go there? Were I a Muslim, do I have to go there? Because they've built up basically Disneyland around um, the the Great Holy Mosque, and just like, uh, but why? And every time it's like Hajj season, they like the the hotel rates go up. You know, it's. There, there's so much marketing and so much uh, over stuff going on. And I think we saw a lot of that in this match because, what was it, like 15 minutes of fireworks to start it out? Yes, there, there was a lot, of, um, a lot of different pomp and circumstance uh, in, in this show. And they, and they have a history of, of doing that in uh, WWE, uh, just period. But... But I've noticed that they do hype it up to a ridiculous level with these Saudi shows. Now, when they first started with with these Saudi shows back in uh, 2018, which coincidentally was the year um, that the journalist Jamal Khashoggi was uh, shot several little pieces and left in the garden, which is why I have a problem with WWE doing business in there in the first place. Um, you know, they had all the, they, they had every single bit of pomp and circumstance. Oh, we're going to make millions of dollars. Oh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia is so beautiful. Oh, we're just going to gloss over the fact of this, that, and the other thing. And in the, in, in the wrestling realm, a lot of people were like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Well, and you look at the audience for this one, and it's all men. I think, like, they cut away, like, at one point, they cut away to a woman in hijab. Once. I saw it once. And I was like, that's got to be B-roll that you inserted, because there's no way she's actually physically there. 
Well, and, and, that, and that's interesting because, to, to be honest with you, they, um, I didn't notice a lot of women there in, there on, on this one either, but in some of the earlier ones, um, so it's just like 2018, 2019, um, they were really, um, focusing a lot on women and little girls being, um, at those shows, especially in 2019, because that was when the first, uh, women's match in Saudi took place. And that was, um, yeah. Lacey Evans versus Natalia. And, what I find so interesting about that on two different fronts, the first one, of course, being Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia's heinous treatment of women in the first place. Uh, so that's partially why I don't even like the fact that WWE does business with Saudi. Well, and it's always it's always this back and forth, I think, when we, you know, and WWE is a massive money-making organization. One of the things that's happening in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia right now is that they're realizing that green energy is the future. Um, so they have to think about something other than oil. Um, and the only other infinite resource for money is entertainment. Uh, the other thing they did was um, they actually tried to get a, they want to get a golf thing together. Um, it's like, it's like a rival to the PGA and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're courting like, you know, like rich douchebags, you know, like you, you want to get like, you want to get like normal working class folks and that's WWE. And then you want to get rich douchebags. So you got a golf team together. Which is funny because the, the, uh, the higher ups in WWE, oh my God, that, that's not working class folks. No, they're millionaires for real. Absolutely. So, and, 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 you know, I was doing some, some research um, earlier today and, you know, and we're going to get into the actual events, but I, I was, um, I was doing some, some research earlier today as to the um, massive amounts of money that have been made um, off of the, off of these events so far as since 2018 uh, there have been eight events held in, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and those events, according to a Twitter account by the name of WrestleNomics, have made $400 million. And the reason why that's significant is because the WrestleMania events which which historically have been WWE's most publicized event of their entire calendar year. They've been holding those events for 38 years, right? Mm -hmm. And in that time frame, those events, now this number is adjusted for inflation, mind you, those events have made $250 million combined. Well, and I think probably there's a consideration there, and I don't, I haven't seen the numbers, so I'll, I'd like a link and I'll, and I'll track that, I'll run that to ground. But remember that Saudi Arabia is, they're broadcasting separately. Um, because at the opening of the thing, they had the two uh, Arabic announcers. So those guys are probably broadcasting 
you know, to the rest of the Middle East, probably through a Middle Eastern Broadcasting Association or one of their main offices. I mean, and yeah, but um, you were saying uh, about like the, the, they, they earn a lot more money than they do here, you know. Yes. Which, in a way, that that doesn't surprise me because the 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 product that that we see in, in America for WWE and pro wrestling in general is completely different than what the Saudis typically see, like. Wrestling in in America, and I should say the approach to, to wrestling in America versus Saudi is different. Like in America, you want entertainment, but you also want like the skill, and you want the storylines, and, and you want all those different things that that long term wrestling fans such as myself have become accustomed to. Now, in Saudi Arabia, and I've, I've had conversations along these lines with a lot of different people, um, in Saudi Arabia, you're more looking for star attractions. You're looking for, like, the, um, the Hulk Hogan's. You're looking for the... Um, for the big for the biggest names that you possibly can you're not you're not necessarily looking for wrestling clinics or classic matches well and the thing that i saw is that like there was a lot more like high rope a lot more aerial work uh in in crown jewel 2022 um especially with logan paul's match which went on forever yes uh, and and we were, and we were talking uh, and this is just our opening commentary. We're gonna we're gonna go through through all the matches and and, and get you uh, an entire synopsis. Don't even worry about that. But um, but we were talking before we went on the air about Logan Paul, and I have to be honest with you, H. Prior to him coming into WWE. I would be lying to you if I told you that I hadn't heard the names Logan and Jake Paul. If you ask me what they were famous for, I couldn't tell you. I don't know because I don't give a shit. Oh yeah. Um I I I really don't. Now that could be because, you know, I'm 34 years old. And I have better things to do with my time than looking at YouTube videos about, you know, blonde guys doing stupid shit. Now, wait a minute, Ben. There's plenty of educational content on YouTube. Okay? Do you want to hear about Mansa Musa? He completely collapsed the entire economy in Northern Africa in 1300. There is a, there is a channel for that. <laughs> but, but, but really, Logan Paul and Jake Paul no, well, and that's the thing is that like they're, I mean, I think like they're like they're basically the bullies from like the from the '80s movies, you know. They're just, they're not nice guys, and they're like, ha ha ha, we're gonna buy the orphanage and we're gonna play basketball against a dog, and we're gonna lose, but you know. Now, now that being said, 
But let me let me be completely fair because when when Logan Paul first came in here, and I'm gonna give you some. Oh, my dude's 27. He's 27 years old. Now I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly, right? It makes us like old because I'm 34 and what are you now? 41. 41, okay. You know, we're we're really not the target audience of what... (laughs) My point being is... You know, usually I hate celebrity involvement in WWE when it comes to uh, the in-ring product because typically it doesn't end well. I think the only case that ended well, and there have been a lot of them, uh, was Mike Tyson. And I'm, I'm trying to think prior to, to the last couple of years because the last couple of years have been kind uh, but I think the only ones have been Mike Tyson and then maybe like Mr. T and Muhammad Ali when they did the uh, WrestleMania one guest spots. Now, now in, in recent years, we've had Bad Bunny and um, Pat McAfee. Um, Bad Bunny, of course, is the pop star. Uh, Latin American sensation. I don't know shit about his songs, but he can definitely wrestle. Um, definitely took it seriously. Um, and uh, Pat McAfee, uh, football commentator, former NFL punter, all pro. Um, he's gotten in the ring several times and killed it. But of all of them, I have to be fair, Logan Paul, every single time he stepped in the ring, especially uh, this past match, with Roman Reigns, I was absolutely floored. Uh, I, I did. He did an excellent job. There, there's no, there's no way around that. You know, he brought, he brought athleticism. He brought the pageantry. You know, he got the crowd fired up. I mean, he was, he was probably like, like he, he definitely was accessing the old school. You know, I mean, when you, when you look at, when I looked at him, I was like, well, wait a minute, that, that was what Hulk Hogan used to do. And yeah, he's a little bit leaner. But the thing is, is that like he would like, you know, like when he gets when he got up off the floor and he like starts punching the punching the thing, uh, punching the uh, canvas. You know, he's like he's bringing that kind of thing, and he's like he's getting he's getting people pumped up for for his thing. And I I mean, this is this is a this is a star of the YouTube era, and so I think him behaving in such a fashion is not unprecedented, and in fact, it's necessary. Is that a- you're good. Uh, yeah, I um, I I heard that, but I didn't hear anything this time. I swear to God, <laughs> I, I'm I'm like hands off the mouse. I'm good. Uh, but um, but yeah, you know, I have I have to give him credit where credit's due because when I'm, when I, when we when we first heard that Logan Paul was going to be facing Roman Reigns for the for the WWE undisputed title, I'm like, oh fuck me. No, please God, no. Because let me give let me give you some uh, some background here, okay? And I'm I'm doing this, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, my buddy Higgins over here is not as acquainted with professional wrestling as I am. I'm trying to get him up to speed. Um. So Roman Reigns has been 
the WWE champion for the last two years. Run through everybody is the most dominant uh, individual um, just period right now. As a matter of fact, he just passed the milestone of having 800 days as the, as, uh, the world champion. There are only four men who have held the title longer than he has at, at some point in their careers. And those are, um, Hulk, I believe, Hulk Hogan, uh, Bruno San Martino, uh, and then, oh God, who are the other ones? Um, I, I can't I can't recall right now. I'm I'm usually the uh, wrestling historian, but that's not really the point. The the point is that you know this guy is is like the guy. He's dominating everything. And when we heard that it, Logan Paul was coming in here, and they were putting him in a match with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia for the world title, we're like. No, 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 no. Please, God, no. This is not going to work. And everybody was just, everybody needed needed diapers because they were shitting themselves. No. You, you know, and, but, um, and I could go on a rant that will last for, for the next half an hour as to why that it's not a good idea on paper going into the Saudi Arabian uh, pay-per-view crown jewel, which we're getting ready to go over uh, in just a minute here. Um, but um, but, but it's, it's important to understand that that's part of the difference between the Saudi shows and the American shows that we see every week. Because the Saudi shows are looking for the biggest celebrities, the biggest names possible to get on their shows. And a lot of WWE wrestlers, they don't want to go over to the Saudi um, shows because they find, they find those shows morally reprehensible for very good reason. Um, and so, so we end up with with matches like Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. Now, getting back to, to the actual match, um, my original expectation was, okay, this is going to go for five minutes. Logan Paul is going to get smashed, and, and Roman Reigns is going to move on. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you, I stopped watching when his brother showed up because I'm like, now I just don't care. Yeah, well, that that was the beginning of the end for Logan Paul, but uh, that was the setup for the for the end of the match. And I know his um, brother's a real is a is a is a is an MMA fighter and so on and so forth. And I'm like, great, wonderful, but his brother he's shows actually, up. He, he's actually a boxer who defeated um, a uh, retired MMA fighter the previous weekend. Oh God, I I just I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like this thing this thing with like mixed martial arts so there's, there's all this stuff involved in mixed martial arts that like you know some people I'm not going to say who were taught were used to you're supposed to use that sort of thing lethally like once yeah. you bring someone down to the ground you're supposed to stomp on their windpipe 
Well, don't do that. Well, no, I mean that. that no, that's just what I heard. We're, but, we're not. We're not talking about Kratos, God of War here. Well, right, but that's the thing is that MMA is like it takes it. It's like it takes it to the line, and I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that, you know. And that's and like there, there's some people like I I know a couple MMA fighters, and they're and you know like they're they're good friends, but I'm like, please God, be careful, you know, because I worry about them because you know. There's this like there when it comes to wrestling, there's there's like subdual and there's like there's like I've got you, you can't move anymore, game over. But with MMA, yeah. it's you can't physically move anymore because I've pounded you into jelly. Yeah. And exactly. I think it's a very different style of fighting. And it's you know, I mean like it's weird though, you know. I bet you a donut that they both have the same a level of stamina and like, you know, like cardiovascular skill, but like the wrestlers can probably like run for a little bit longer. The MMA fighters are like, why isn't this guy dead yet? If they don't kill him well, in a certain window. Well, because the, and the MMA fighters to a certain extent are probably laughing at the WWE guys because to your point, the MMA guys are literally coming to kill you. Right. They're, they're like, like, they're trying to strike like, you until you can't move anymore. Like that's how they make their money. Whereas like with WWE, yes, the risks are real. The, the injuries that they sustain, the risks that they take, that's all real. That's why it pisses me off when people say wrestling is fake because in so many ways, it's not. The only thing that makes it fake in people's minds is the performance element of it. It's a, Well, and look at the performance element of it when we talk about Jackie Chan. Yes. It's the same style of performance. It's the same level of performance. I'm not going to get a stunt double. I'm going to do the thing for the, for the story. And it is dangerous. You know, we, we can talk about how wrestling is fake and how it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But like, understand, these guys are taking risks to tell stories like, any, like, like a real actor would. I, I mean, like an MMA fighter, once again, you know, uh, the two MMA fighters that, I, that I've spoken with at length, I'm not saying you do anything wrong, but you're not great storytellers. You're outside. You're outstanding fighters. I promise. Please don't kill me. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's like, but it, but that's not a. That's not like their their story is externally told. Like the the story of an MMA fighter is externally told through their journey. You know, through their passion, and you have to take a lot more work and to like follow them through that journey to become what they are. That's not good or bad. It's just if you want to talk about narratives. It's a different style of storytelling. You know, you have an MMA fighter who's like he like he was like sickly and small like Steve Rogers in Captain America and now he's a badass, but that he doesn't he's not going to tell that story. He's not going to take the time with the microphone in the in the octagon. He's got shit to do. No, no, we're, we're getting, uh, admittedly, we're getting a little bit off. But just... Well, no, I, I I think like what we uh, no, but let me let me get us back on the rails here because when we talk about the people, the people that are only willing to go to Saudi Arabia to do this stuff, that changes the narrative. That changes the storytelling. And so, if I know that I can only take these guys and those guys, and they're the only ones that'll go to Saudi Arabia and perform the story, then you're in trouble. You know, like you're like, well, I have to, I have to, I have to incorporate Logan Paul. Because and I and I can't you know and and Bruce Lesnar and Lashley as you said Bruce Lesnar like I don't give a fuck Brock Brock Lesnar excuse me but Brock Lesnar's like I don't give a fuck I'm Brock Lesnar I'll go anywhere 
Former UFC champion Brock Lesnar. Right, exactly. So he'll he'll fight he'll fight uh, Lashley all the live long day. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know. And, and the thing is, I was I was about to make a joke earlier because I was like, speaking of Steve Rogers and uh, Captain America, should we tell the people your Captain America story? Because because uh, I think. Several years ago, you were, you were telling me a story about how... You- oh, yeah. So, <laughs> no, so th- there's actually two of them now. Um, one is I was wearing a Captain America hoodie, and I'd been rocking the Picard forever. Um, but I didn't have any... Um, I didn't have facial hair at the time, and I was walking out of, and I was walking out of um, a restaurant, and... Um, and this little go and this little kid, like I think he's like, like he's like, you know, like maybe like eight or nine, you yeah. know. And he's like, oh yeah, and he and he's like, and like, and it's like, and you're like, you know, like he almost runs into me, and then he like goes up and he's like, and he sees, you know, no facial hair, but he sees his Captain America hoodie, Winter Soldier, and he's like, Mom, does Captain America have cancer? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and like, first of all, you know, he's a little kid, and he. Knows what cancer is and knows what it could do to a body. And my mother died of cancer, so I'm like, and and his mother's like losing it because, as stated, I look pretty intimidating. Um, you know, and you're like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what he like, ma'am. It's fine. And I lean down and I'm like, Hydra's everywhere. I had to change my hair. And I give him a little fist pound. He's like, oh. Exactly. And, and it's funny that we're getting into this conversation. Well, and, and the second time, the second time, once again, we're in the same hoodie, so now I assume it has some sort of magical power. Um, my partner at the time, uh, they were feeling sick, so they stayed home, and I was going to go to the first, the very first showing of Infinity War on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not going opening night. That's, that's the, too much of a zoo. Um, get in there, it's nine in the morning and it is like, I'm like all by, like I'm sitting by myself and there's like tons of kids and they're all like, you know, like going on like kids do it's, it, it sounded like summer camp or something. And, (laughs) and then like the, they show the, the, the star Wars, uh, uh, rise of Skywalker trailer and they lose it. And they're just like, and there's like hooting and hollering and like, Blah, blah, blah. And then Thanos rolls the Hulk up like a carpet. And they shut up. And it's like, like Thanos like beats the shit out of the Hulk. And they're like, <laughs> like, like they just, all of them just sucked all the air out of the room and just didn't say anything for the rest of the movie. Until the end, when all I hear is tears and like just loud sobbing when all their favorite heroes turn to dust. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is too much. This is too much. And I, you know... Well, this- in, in their defense, I I almost teared up, and I don't I don't you know I don't I'm not the emotional person. Well, and it, I left the theater when it was Captain America, where he's like, where he like, Captain America doesn't know that level of defeat, and so the way he delivers the line, my God, and it's like, and I'm like, I'm out, I'm done, and I step out of the center of the theater, and there's this lady, and she's got four kids with her, and she's in full church crown. So first of all, she went to the early, early, early service, which is like at eight o'clock. So Catholic, and she's crying, and the kids are crying, and I'm in the Captain America hoodie again, 
And she runs up to me and she's like, you know, like she wraps herself around me and the kids wrap themselves around me. And I'm like, look, Cap's still alive. He's going to fix it. I promise. And when he was like, it was like, it was like the word, because understand, you know, Black Panther was like the first time any kid has ever seen a larger than life, kick ass, take names, break stuff. You can't stop me level superhero on screen, except for Media Man, Meteor Man. But not a lot of people saw that one. But it's, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like, it was at that level. So when I'm like, Cap's going to fix it, Black Widow's still alive. Um, look, they, they can fix it, I promise. Just give them a minute. I have no idea how, but they'll fix it. But uh, you'll have to excuse us, folks. We're, uh, we're, we're really old friends, and we, we love to shoot the shit, and then we lose track of time. And, you know, but uh, getting back to uh, the, the wrestling, uh, with the, with the uh, Saudi Arabian stuff, you know when when they when they first started doing these shows, I'm like, oh my god, this is disgusting for for, for the reasons that we we discussed already. Um, and then but this one is a little bit different for a couple different for a couple different reasons that I just want to point out out of fairness. I'm not saying I, I agree with it, but it's just a little bit different. One, uh, Vince McMahon and uh, the, the former uh, administration in charge of WWE are no longer there. Um, I'd like so, to point out that Dr. Claw has been replaced with Darth Vader in this metaphor. So I don't really feel that much better about it, but I'm glad Vince McMahon is gone. Um, yes, and uh, I'll tell you what, that was, a, that was an expensive uh, couple of payments for, um, for a couple of affairs. Holy shit. Yeah. That's but that's another story. Anyway, um, so, so Vince McMahon and company are no longer there. And... Uh, and also, um, so those people that signed the contract are no longer there, and the, and but unfortunately, the contract still has to be fulfilled. So even though they're not interested, I'm sure that they're not interested in going there, they still have to go. But from a wrestling perspective, it was much much easier to swallow outside of maybe one match. One match was a little bit, uh, yeah. But um, but let's. Are you talking about Monster versus Almost? Because yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I I am. I was talking about uh, Braun Strowman versus Omos, but we'll get into that in that yeah. in just a little bit. So usually, um, usually when I do these kind of shows on my other podcast, when it's uh. They used to go to these pay-per-views and other premium live events. Um, usually, we go over our our favorite parts and then our least favorite parts, and then go over the rest. But because this is a little bit different, and this is well, I uh, know I can I got the format, um, and I and I wrote that down last time. So favorite match, hands down, is a uh, Damage Control versus Alexa Bliss and Asuka. They were giving it their all, and they were wearing those really like intense, like can't show any skin because of uh, uh, the law in Saudi Arabia. 
um, which I'm, I'm not even going to get into. Um, yes, because that that would be a, an, an entire sidebar in and of itself. Nope. Yeah, you're not going to do it. And things like Monster versus Almost was like my least favorite because I'm like, but I look, but I get, yeah. but let's do the favorite first. Like I, I loved, like they were, they were giving it like, they were moving fast as hell. They were working fast as hell. You know, they were like trying to give it this show. And I think they understood that there's women watching, even if they weren't in the audience. And then they were trying to show people something, you know, and say like, look, you can do this too. Um and which is, which I think is, you know, and that's, that's just me assuming it's just me thinking about it in, in a big picture kind of way. But I also think it's very possible. Um, but you know, and, and the, um, but with the monster versus almost, I'm like, it's two like really huge dudes. Uh, yeah. Braun Strowman versus Braun Strowman. She's, yeah. She's known as the monster among monsters. Yeah, well, I think, like, he's a huge dude, and, like, almost is, like, slightly bigger, <laughs> relatively, but I'm, like, the thing is that, like, it's it's kind of like Juggernaut versus, versus, um, uh, what's the big Russian dude? Uh, Colossus in X-Men, you know, it's, like, neither one of you is gonna fall. Like, neither one of you is gonna, like, it, you know, like, neither one of you is gonna give up. So, it's like, it's just, like, see who can punch the hardest until you get exhausted. Because Juggernaut's magic, and Colossus don't quit. So it's like, it's just who runs out of breath first. Exactly. Um, and and for, for me, uh, just under, understanding and, and watching this stuff week to week, um, as I do, um, like I said, I do another podcast on top of this. I'm also, um, you know, partnered with another podcast. Uh, that one just, just, uh, formed that was a deal that just came together recently. Um, so I'm a I'm a 30 year watcher of of these kind of shows, and uh, let me tell you something, folks. Braun Strowman is one of those individuals that pisses me the fuck off, and let me explain to you why. There's a couple of different reasons. I have an ongoing feud with Braun Strowman on my show because of two factors. One, during the uh, the throes of the pandemic, um, we there was a there was a situation where he made a tweet uh, criticizing uh, independent wrestlers for trying to sell t-shirts to make money uh, during the pandemic. And, and I was just like, what? Because, you know, that is largely how a lot of pro wrestlers make money on the side is by selling merchandise. Um, and that's a model that was largely created by the WWE. And this guy just constantly, uh, you know, shoots his mouth off. Has, has always has something stupid to say uh, that nobody, quite frankly, is into hearing. And I, I just just like this guy. But to make a comment like that during a global pandemic and you're making millions of dollars, you know, uh, that was just like a fuck you moment for me, uh, quite frankly. 
And then this, this, the second one that is directly related to this match, he called on, on social media a couple of days before this match took place. He said that it was going to be this generation's version of Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant from WrestleMania 3. That's insane. I saw that. That's insane. You you know that you know that's insane. I know that's insane. Well, me, me being the wrestling guy that I am. Everybody in the people that didn't watch wrestling watched that match. I mean, that is just the most absurd statement to make. And you know, you're just an idiot, quite frankly, for making for making that kind of statement. And, you know, Braun Strowman... By the way, what generation, motherfucker? Uh, well, this generation's? Generation Z, X, Y, Q, Z, Alpha 1, huh? Well, what the fuck? This well, generation's? Let, well, let me see how old he is, because... Oh, shit. Oh, watch. Dude's like 26 years old. No, no. I, I think he's a little bit older than that. Let me, let me look. Uh, I have to Google this guy. No, hang on, hang on. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Cerebro's got us covered. Um, doo -doo -doo. He, he's uh, talking in code, referring to his computer. I'm not talking in code. It's just Cerebro just, you know, needs some other stuff to need some help. Saudi General Sports Authority. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, good Lord. What are we doing? How do you spell this dude's name? I, don't worry, I got it. It's it's fine, I got it. So he is 39 years old. He's four years older than you. He's at, it's five. He's five years older than I am. Five. Uh, but, um, you know, this guy is just, you know, he, he, he could be the nicest guy in real life, but I'll tell you, he just, he just makes himself out to look like a gimp. But anyway... Um, I mean, he's, so, if he's playing the heel to play the heel, I respect that. Because, remember, no, Dwayne Johnson no, played the heel for a while. No, it went... See, his first run in the company, he was he was a heel for a long time. And then he got fired um, during the... Um, during the uh, pandemic because his contract was ridiculous. Um, the amount of money that he was making was ridiculous. Uh, and then he got rehired, um, and this almost guy, um, his opponent for this match, was um, pretty much um, hired while Braun Strowman was not with the company to fill his role. Now, the problem with Omas is he sucks. Yeah, we, we had this conversation before. He is he relies so much on brute strength, and he's incredibly slow. Yeah, well, but like his his talent is that he has no talent. Oh well, and he, he I mean, it's just like he gets he catches people off guard. Like he's like he's like the first he's like the first guy in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Like exactly, exactly to a T. You're exactly right. Now. Let me, let me ask you something, H, because I'm, I'm curious. Um, have you ever heard of the giant Gonzalez? The, please tell me that's not a sexual thing. 
<laughs> no. All right, cool. Then we're, yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Actually. No. <laughs> no. God, I love you, Patel. <laughs> um, holy shit. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm supposed to do a serious podcast here. You're just making me. Oh, Jorge Gonzalez, the wrestler? Yes. Yeah, 1993. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I saw him once. Um, no, this guy is this generation's giant Gonzalez because he's that bad. Well, he he can't do shit. And every time someone compares a really, really huge dude to Andre the Giant, I'm like, no, Andre the Giant was actually a really nice guy and he had charisma. And we have to, we have to talk about the Princess Bride for a second because... Sometimes, you know, he's like this huge dude and like he would like, he brought, he brought working the gimmick to that. And he'd be like, D- D-, you know, and he'd be like, you know, like this, this massive dude with hands the size of like, you know, like your chest would be like, was that good? Did you, is that, is that good? You know, and he like, he would ask him like the scene was well and he would like carry always and whatever, you know, like, he, cause he was, he was, tr- he was, he knows a little bit about performance and he's trying to do it. And he's trying to give these like real actors something to work with that they're familiar with. And that's, that's a degree of respect that I, I don't think that Gonzalez or almost would have at this point, um, because they're not, they're not performers. They're, they're big, tough, hooby-doo dudes, but there's no, there's no style to what they do. Well, exactly. And, and, and the thing is with, with Amas and and he has a, a Maryland connection because he used to play. Yeah, he used to play basketball for Morgan and uh yeah. co- and College Park. Yeah, um, you know, and and once again, he couldn't be the nicest guy ever, but he just he can't wrestle where the fuck. And 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 as much as I despise Braun Strowman, the reason why I had a problem with this match is. Everything that they hired Omos to do, Braun Strowman can do a thousand times better. And the second that they put this match on the card, I'm like, well, I know when I'm taking my piss break because this match is absolutely gonna suck. Now, oh, I watched it just, just I watched it just so I could be a completionist. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> and like it was like. It wasn't. It wasn't like a wrestling game on the Nintendo sixty four. It was like this really crappy game on the Nintendo sixty four called Hybrid Heaven, which had wrestling moves in it. But there was this weird story going on, and the wrestling moves were like you had to add them to your thing. And I was like, "This is." I missed that game. That was incredibly poorly programmed. It was like three video game demos and a trench coat, and God damn it! <laughs> like I'm like in. Lift up person, press X, press X, press X. Like, that's what it felt like. It just felt like like super simplified controls on a very bad wrestling game. Yes, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about that in comparison to, to you know, several really good matches. So now that we've, now that, now that we've given, do you have any other, like, high, high or low point matches that you wanted to point out before we go to the, through the entire card? I mean, I liked Lesnar and Lashley. It wasn't bad, you know. Uh, Mysterio and, and Judgment Day. It took forever. But I gotta tell you, everybody hitting the cams at the same time was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cool spot. It was a cool thing. I mean, you know, kids, 
Um, when you drink water, just add a splash of lime juice to it because everything's expensive right now and you don't want to get scurvy. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm obviously Higgins, you're going to be editing some of this out so we don't have dead air and stuff like that. No problem. Um, don't worry about it. Okay, very good. So, now that we uh, have had our introductory fun, uh, let's go through the uh, the entire card for this um, this pay per view here, and um, get started with the aforementioned uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match. Uh, what were your? And we'll start with Higgins, which this is this is always interesting to me because. Uh, you know, this is kind of like your intro introduction to uh, professional wrestling in a way. Uh, again, so what, you, what were your initial thoughts about this match? Well, we'll call, we'll call it a little bit of a reintroduction. Remember, I did watch wrestling when I was a wee lad many years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, yes. But I knew precisely two things about this storyline. Jack and shit, but it was still emotionally involving. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, I think Lesnar and Lashley are like, you know, both very athletic, you know, very capable. And they really beat the hell out of each other, it looked like. Um, like when, when, uh, when he's got him, when he had him in, when he had him in the hold, and he was like, you know, like trying to get him to, when he had him in the submission hold, uh, the, the one where it's the hands back here. Yeah, the, uh, the full Nelson. The full Nelson. Yeah, I just. I just like I, I every time I hear the full Nelson, I hear the guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, he uh, Bobby Lashley calls it the Hurt Lock. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I I think it was a good match. It, it was impressive. Um, and so, uh, what, what 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 did you dig about it, or what what did you think of it as a you know long term follower? Well, I I enjoy, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. Let me explain to you why, because this is the, the second matchup that we've had between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And, and long-term fans such as myself have wanted these two to face off for a long, long time. They, they've been, prior to January of this year, when they had their first match, um, they have they have been chasing each other pretty much for twenty years. They've been like shifts passing in the night, but they've never like wrestled each other. And this was like a like a kind of a fantasy match situation. And then the first time they wrestled, it kind of got interfered with to set up uh, a storyline with or to set up the continuation of a storyline with Roman Reigns, who is going to wrestle Brock Lesnar at an upcoming show. So th that that match got fucked with, which people were not happy about because, as I said, people wanted to see Brock Lesnar versus, um, versus Bobby Lashley. Now, the reason why... Um, why I was kind of unhappy as well is because these Saudi Arabian shows are kind of like they interrupt the regular flow of WWE TV 
and WWE storytelling because they're completely separate um, from the rest of the WWE calendar and the schedule and the flow of the storylines because the Saudi shows are their own entity. Oh, so this is a pocket universe we're dealing with. Exactly. Oh, shit, Ben. <laughs> so that's some Star Trek shit. I could have I could have read a dissertation about this. Go ahead. So so this is another reason why these Saudi shows kind of piss people off. Um, because it's a complete aside from what's going on from TV. So this match that that, that you saw was was set up in like two weeks' time. Right. Um and and for, for a match of this caliber, you want at least, I would say, under normal circumstances, you would want at least a month build because that's the typical amount of build that you get for a paper. Well, there's the trash talk. They're scheduling it to the local city of each performer and wrestler. It's like there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So like it, that's, that's a lot of work. And it's like, oh, yeah, these guys are just going to fight. And I, you know, sometimes it, because these are kind of these, you know, larger than life, big characters, you know, if there was, um, it's almost like this kind of fight would have been like a summer crossover in comic books when I was a kid, you know, like, exactly. like, um, uh, there was, um, like, like the, the, the big to do, like the biggest one was fatal attractions. Um, and that was all the X-Men all together wrecking shit. You know, like, and they've been setting it up for like three or four months. Coming soon, Fatal Attractions. Like Wolverine got the adamantium ripped out of him by Magneto. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was some drama, man. And they spent a lot of time. Yeah, and and that and that's a that's a good um, that's a good comparison to draw because in wrestling, that's like that's the kind of storytelling that you want, and that's what that's what builds up to a compelling. A pay-per-view match. Now, the argument can, could be made that a match like this sells itself, but then again, you really don't want that. You really want a reason why people are going to invest in a match like this. No, and it's the same problem with assuming everybody's going to see a Batman movie. It's like, Batman's in it. It'll make money. I'm like, no, it won't. Batman well, versus Superman was terrible. Well, yes, and, and there, 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 have been, there have been several... Batman movies that, that have been terrible, but but just as a quick sidebar, please tell me you've seen the latest Batman movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I love that movie. I think I think like there's I think there's so much there's so much of Bruce Wayne's personality woven into the entire story, you know. And first of all, I got to give respect to any director who can make me feel sympathy for a fucking billionaire these days. Um, and it was just like the way that they used uh, something in the way by Nirvana as kind of Bruce Wayne's, it's, it's kind of his theme, but not really like, he's not really Batman yet. You know, he's, he's this guy who is pretty tough and running around, but he's not quite really Batman. It's still got that year one flavor, but he's, he's also been Batman for a minute. And I, I really, I really like the way that they, um, that they portrayed the Riddler. Like, oh, it was brilliant. That, it was that brilliant. Was just, that was just fantastic. Like, because 
Because the way it would be done in the past with like Jim Carrey and that was like some carny bullshit. But like this was like really psychological and just just fun. And in a way, you can really draw comparisons to from that to like the style of, of like professional wrestling storytelling. Even even though that was just a fun aside. Um, well, and we think about that when we want to we want to like look at characters and how they influence people. You know, right. and I think once again, like this, 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 like because it's it's basically it's it's a pocket universe. None of this matters. So, I think kind of that's why some of the some of the matches were a little bit more elevated than usual. Um, well, yes, because because as we were talking about, and and I'll I'll also explain this in in our, in my next point as well. But as, but as I mentioned in the beginning. Saudi Arabia, from from its inception, has always been treated as a much bigger deal than some of uh, than some of WWE shows that have been around for decades, which which have really pissed me off. Like like in the beginning, they would say that the Saudi shows are just as big or bigger than WrestleMania, which to so wrestling purists like me and a lot of people, we're sitting there, st- we're sitting there staring at our screens like, what the fuck are you talking about? Number one, these shows are disgusting. You know, let's forget about the wrestling. The fact that you're even there with a political climate of, of fucking Saudi Arabia and what that the country represents is fucking disgusting. Number one. I don't care, I don't care what anybody says. And and number two, you're going to compare your biggest show of the year that's been around for for 38 years, 39 come this April, where you've had where you've only had eight shows over four years in Saudi Arabia, and you're gonna say they're just as big as WrestleMania. Fuck you. Like, that's not true, like, at all. The issue I take with Saudi Arabia is the issue I take with anybody who decides that religion allows them to do shitty things for no reason. Well, let's just be honest. They straight up murdered them, that poor guy. And, and in, the same, in the same year, in the same time that this guy was in the news, uh, Vince McMahon is signing a multi-million dollar deal to uh you know to come entertain the saudi prince now and i'm not really up on my islamic jurisprudence per se but i'm pretty sure kidnapping someone carving them up is haram yeah yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb there that that's not cool well well and and i go as far as to say that that's that's a first class ticket to fucking hell uh, you know, it's and, it's and, definitely it's definitely going to get you it's definitely going to get you in some trouble. Um, you know, and this and and this is first class blood money for for me, and that's why I had a problem with it because at, like at the at the time, uh, H, you know, I worked for um, a wrestling news site, so I was it, it was my job to report this stuff. And I was forced to type this. Well, not, I, I don't want to say forced. Nobody held a gun to my head. But it was part of my job to. You had to be to, objective, is what you're telling me. Yes, I had to re- report news 
about, you know, WWE's dealings right in the middle of this Jamal Khashoggi business, you know, and and in one line, I'm like, oh yeah, WWE signed it, signed such and such a deal with the Saudi Prince. Next line, this coming right in the middle of the controversy where um, Jamal Khashoggi reportedly has had his remains buried in the garden. Like, that's that's absurd to me. So, it's like, you know, these Saudi shows are just difficult for me to swallow. But, um, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to go off on a, on a tangent. Well, and... You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with the kingdom. You know, um, one of the things is that you know they have Mecca under their control, and that's a problem because understand every Muslim must go there. Period. End of story. It is part of the religion. You must go to Mecca. It's called the Hajj. It's incredibly important. It's a very good experience um, because what it what it is supposed to be is an equalizer. You aren't allowed to be better than anyone when you visit Mecca. Um, but the way that the kingdom has put up hotels around Mecca has caused, you know, like massive, like the, the uh, socioeconomic gaps in the entirety of the world are just now louder. You know, but meanwhile, some guy who like, you know, is a billionaire, he can afford to stay in a hotel for $5,000 a night. You know, meanwhile, you're sleeping in a Volkswagen bus that you and your bros had to put together to get to to get to Mecca. It's like, come on, like, yeah, you, you, this is this is not the point. You and, know, yeah, and the, and the thing is, like, this is partially why I wanted to do this show with you is to ask you this question, and I swear to God, we'll get back to the actual card. It's just easy. It's just easy. To- well, I understand. I'm only. I'm like. I am I am only an expert in the religion insofar as I've read the entire Quran twice. So understand I have not experienced life as a Muslim, but I've read the book and I've seen how people treat Muslims which is not okay, and I've seen how Muslims in America act, which is with the utmost compassion and charity. So those three factors combined. Yeah, I just and, and and the fa- the fact that um, for for me from the from the outside looking in, um, you know, just just the, the two factors of, of how they treat women and the fact that this poor guy was murdered, and the fact that that uh, the the Saudi prince who Vincent Man signed this deal with commissioned. Uh, this guy's murder, or it might have been the guy before him, but none, nonetheless, um, you know, it, it's just difficult for me to swallow. But here's a here's here's a major question before I get uh, before we get on with the rest of the card and actually talk wrestling rather than going off for another two hours because I can do it. <laughs> um, uh, but but I'm I'm wondering how. Muslim people view professional wrestling like that. I can't. Well, I can't. I can't speak to that. So there's, there's, you're. That's, that's an entire people right there. So I can't speak to that. Here's what I can tell you. I was working. I was working with. uh, I was working with this uh, Iraqi police officer. We'll say he was on a special team. I mean, we were hanging out, smoking cigarettes, waiting, waiting for, waiting for the mission, and, you know. First of all, 
uh, one thing that you probably don't know is that a lot of the anime from the 60s and 70s, a lot of that was dubbed into Arabic. Right. Um, so we were like Grandizer, Voltron, Speed Racer. Um, so we were, we were talking about that for a second. Um, and I forget how we got on to the topic. We were talking about, you know, the Hadith and, and you know, all, all the writings and all the scriptures and the Quran itself. And he's like, look, at the end of the day, here's what, here's what Islam should be. Islam must be like water. It must bring good to a place. If it is not bringing good, it is not Islam. Uh, that's a good thing because, like, I just, this might be the simple way of looking at it, but I just don't understand what good, um, like, this Saudi deal is bringing to the WWE other than on monetary thing. And I don't really understand what, what positives the WWE is bringing to the Saudi people because... Well, right, but remember, Vince McMahon didn't benefit any fucking buddy except himself, and nobody, nobody brought up the fact that he was a Protestant or whatever religion he is. So it, it, it's kind of a little bit of a moot point. Like, if you approach this as like, if you approach the kingdom's actions and, um, you know, MSB's actions as divorced from Islam and just him being him as a person, that's probably the way it should be considered. Um, just because I never, like, what is Vince McMahon, a Baptist? See, we don't know. I, I have no idea. See, and that's like, we're like, like if we're, if we're going to say that this is, like, these are MSB's ideas, these are MSB's actions, he's the, he's the guy in charge of Saudi Arabia, you know? And, like, he has, a, he has a stranglehold on the Islamic religion himself, but we can't criticize him in his Islamic way because he doesn't care. He doesn't seem to care. He doesn't seem to follow the laws. If Vince McMahon was a Protestant or a Catholic or whatever, he ain't following them rules. Yeah. Well, you know, I just... So, to put it in the simplest fashion, like, you know, I just, I just always had a problem with, uh, with this from, from a moral perspective. And, and the reason why we never uh, covered this kind of stuff on any of my other shows... Um, was because we never wanted to mix politics and professional wrestling because for for us, meaning me and my co-host and the other people that we work with, you know, professional wrestling has always been a, a space to get away from the world's bullshit and the uh, the and the Saudi deal with WWE kind of bought the world's bullshit into professional wrestling if that makes sense. No, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, we, we don't want things politicized. We don't want this to be political. People are like, this is not the time to be political. And it's like, well, that's great, but understand, you made it political. You know, to do it in this way at this time, in this fashion, with everything going on, you made it political. It's the same thing with, you know, people who are not straight. And they're like, do you have rights? I don't know. I, I have rights. I'm a, I'm a human being. Why you got to make it political? Like, you made it political. You know, it's like they make these things political and then they get mad when we get mad that they made it political. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm the least judgmental person in the game when it comes to that because, well... You can judge motherfuckers all you want, dude. Like, I'm not, like, you You have a strong moral compass. And like, when you're not, when you judge somebody, I know there's a reason. You're good, okay? Well, well it's just like, like... For, like I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you a story off off the air, but um, 
But getting back to uh, getting back to, to the card. Well, getting back to the card, we have to talk about you know what um, Damage Control and Alexa and Asuka did for Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. Um, honestly, like that, that was kind of. I thought that they brought a lot of energy. Like, holy crap. A lot of aerial stuff, a lot of interesting, you know, work, a um, lot of fun reversals, a lot of interesting things going on. And even if there weren't any women in the audience, I bet you a donut, there were some women watching at home. And they were like, that's cool. <laughs> I want to do that. So from, from, a story, from a story perspective, the... The women's tag team titles have been getting a lot of attention lately because they've been struggling to get them over because of a uh, um, because of some controversy that took place over the summer under the um, previous administration, um, and and two of the most popular women in the company who were the tag team title holders at the time ended up walking out of the company and since uh, Triple H took over um, he has been trying very hard to make uh, these titles mean something. Now before um, this match took before this match took place uh, the previous week on Raw well the same week because it was this took place on Saturday and Raw was on the previous Monday. Um, the, the the previous title holders were, um, were were the challengers in this match because the the titles the titles changed hands on on Raw because of um, because of the fact that the the Saudi Arabian shows like to have big things happen on their shows for shock value and entertainment value. So um so Asuka and Alexa Bliss um came into tonight this night as uh tag team title holders after taking them off of uh Dakota Kai and and Io Shirai damage control. Um now to give you a little bit of background Elio um or, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so used to doing the uh, the other show with my other co-host. No worries. I'll, I'll edit. I'll edit H back in. You'll be okay. Yes. To give you some background, H on damage control, they were formed on uh, back at SummerSlam in August when uh, when Bailey came back from injury. She had been out a long time to a torn ACL that she suffered while training and she had been out for the entire year and she debuted with this new group and she bought out Io Shirai and Dakota Kai uh, who had previously been in NXT and they formed this new group Damage Control. Now when this when this group first first formed people were like oh shit you know these these four, these women are gonna do some damage, and you know they're gonna get to some business. Well, for some reason, damage control has not been clicking on TV, and something just has not been working in terms of getting them over with the audience. 
which is really difficult to figure out because individually these three women are very talented and extremely good professional wrestlers. Um, so it's a little bit uh, disheartening to see them not gelling as a unit on TV. Um, now getting now that's the that's a little bit of background for you. So um, so this was their uh, this was their rematch after losing the uh, tag team titles on Raw, which was which was a very controversial decision because I think it was I think it was pretty well known once once they lost that they were gonna regain them at. Uh, Crown Jewel because that's just how uh, Crown Jewel shows tend to operate. Uh, I didn't like it, but I could see it coming from a million miles away just because I so, understand <laughs> how these things go. Wait a minute. This is getting worse and worse. So not only is it a pocket universe, it's a pocket universe where we can retcon shit that people weren't happy with? Or, yeah. oh God, it's just terrible. Also, yeah. another Marvel Comics connection. There's literally a group called Damage Control. So, I, so I didn't know that. See, yeah. I, uh, I, Guess what they do? They clean up shit when superheroes get in fights. Well, so like when when like superheroes like like trash downtown New York, they're like, ah, shit, we gotta clean that up. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure that's not a very entertaining job. But yeah, so hopefully. Hopefully, with uh, damage control now uh, winning their titles back, they can get back on the right track here. But um, but uh, I have my doubts considering how they've been booked, uh, you know, so so far since their formation in August. Now, as to the next match, we had. Uh, Let's see. Let's go. Uh, Mysterio oh, Judgment Day. Yes. Um, actually, no. It was. Uh, it was. Um, well, the Judgment Day is Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Ray Ripley. Um, yeah, but the, but the next match, according to my list, was uh, was the cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. What? I didn't see that at yeah. all. Okay. Well, then I will. It, it was, you probably got fucked up because of the, the fast forward or back to up or something. So I will. My bad. Take, no, 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 no. I completely understand. Oh, uh, extreme rules and carry and cross. Okay, I I see it now in my in the um in the other thing. So sorry yes, about that. It, no, so this this was kind of interesting for me. Uh, because because this had been the ongoing storyline on SmackDown that had been interrupted by a couple of weeks of absences because of a wedding that that two superstars were involved in, one of which was one of the participants in this match. So they took uh, as part of the build up to this match. Karrion Cross caused a car accident, which took Drew McIntyre out for the duration until this match took place. That was that was part of the build. Um, so uh, this was this was a pretty good match. 
a lot of it was um, was his manager slash wife talking about carrying across um, uh, Scarlet preventing McIntyre from getting out of the cage with uh, spraying him with pepper spray and uh, do- and doing all kinds of things, but then at the end of the match. I'm kind of sorry I missed this one. It kind of backfired on her because um, she locked the door to prevent Drew McIntyre from getting out of the cage. Uh, so he just climbed up over the top. So her man tried to get through the door, but he couldn't because she locked it. And then by the time she unlocked it, uh, Drew McIntyre had already gotten out of the cage. So this was... Um, this was a very good match. I'm just kind of, uh, of skimming over it for the sake of time because I feel like we've uh, we've already gone a long time with this. Not that not that that's bothering me at all. Um, but uh, the next match, as uh, mentioned by Ace, was Judgment Day versus OC. Now, this has been a very long ongoing storyline that will probably not culminate until WrestleMania. Now, for the for the interest of my co-host and the fact that he's going to be joining me on future shows, let me catch him up on the things that led to this match and how this, this storyline and this match came to be. So, um, the, the Judgment Day um, formed um over over the summer i believe and then uh their original leader was edge but then he got kicked out because the original plan was for under under vince mcmahon's rule the the original plan was for the group to have supernatural powers um kind of like the undertaker's ministry of darkness back in the day uh, Edge was not interested in that, so he, from a storyline perspective, he got kicked out of the group and was re- was replaced leaderized by Finn Balor, and that's how he got Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and uh, uh, Rhea Ripley uh, together as as a as the new uh, Judgment. That's the, that's the that's the abbreviated version. And then in terms of Dominic Mysterio, he had been brought in um, and signed to a contract by the WWE during the pandemic era in 2020 and had been uh, and had been tag teaming with his father Rey Mysterio um, to the point where they won the uh, tag team titles at, at one point. And eventually, uh, long story short, um, Dom turned on his father because he because Dominic felt that he wasn't being taken seriously by his father and was constantly living in his father's shadow. And he was kind of being seduced by Rhea Ripley um, to, to kind of like join the dark side and and kind of like the, the female Darth Vader kind of like using her she had, she had the spikes on her jacket yeah 
No, I, I that's just any any time that villain doesn't like there there's gotta be someone behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. I gotta be like, you know, like you know, like just like, like the Emperor's like, I have seen it. Like, can we get like some creepy, crusty old dude? That's what they were missing. <laughs> That's why they don't have superpowers. Cause the, exactly. the No, the Undertaker had a, a oh, what's his name? Good God. The, the little guy. Paul Paul Bearer. See? So like you need somebody who's just like kind of a target. You know? Like you right. need you mean like you need like the evil wizard that's like definitely only got four hit points. So far from D and D, yeah, no, but um, but uh, Rhea Ripley, no, yeah, she's definitely a, a rogue or some shit. D and D nerds in the audience, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. Right. And um, so, so pretty much what what they're building to is a match at WrestleMania with uh, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio, but they had to they had to get um. They had to get Ray away from Dom and vice versa to kind of get to kind of like separate him from his father and kind of establish him in Judgment Day while kind of protecting him because he is very still very inexperienced at this point. So they're kind of like like establishing his character and getting him polished up for this big fight with his father at WrestleMania. Uh, coming up in April, so it's so Judgment Day started out very stale, but then it got very interesting as soon as Vince McMahon got the fuck out of WWE. Thank Christ. Let's just let's just all take a moment once again, dear Vince McMahon. Please rot in hell. Amen. No, let's go off. Let's like, well, let's, every time, every time I'm on your show, let's take a good 20 minutes to talk shit about fucking Vince McMahon and all the bullshit he pulled. Okay? Like, th- no, and this episode, no, Ben, this episode, we're going to talk about the fact that he completely fucked those guys out of having any kind of insurance and that everybody be subcontractors so they couldn't get actually good health care. Like, son of a bitch, millions of people are watching these guys, like, risk their goddamn lives, and you're making them sub-sub-subcontractors of an LLC that's out of fucking the Caribbean! Fuck you, man! Yes, well, that's true, too. Anyway. <laughs> now then, now then, back to the gentlemanly commentary that we were, we were doing before. Very gentlemanly, yes. God, this is so much fun. <laughs> Very gentlemen, yes, we were talking about the, the, the man made Mysterio and his, his, familiar, his familiar trials and tribulations. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so that's pretty much what, the, what, um, what uh, has led to Dom joining uh, the Judgment Day. And, we, and this is kind of branched off into um, the Judgment Day versus another a faction which was just reestablished called the OC, which is another version of a very popular uh, faction which originated over in Japan and at one point had different... That's, um, that's Bullet Club? Yes. Got it. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm like, I'm watching the show and I'm like doing the wikis and looking at Cerebro and I'm listening to you and... So it's no, it's no big deal. It's just like it's like it's that's Bullet Club. Got it. Okay. And actually, as an interesting aside, 
Um, I have friends who grew, who grew up with Luke Gallows, and um, he is associated with the um, with the wrestling company on the Indies that I'm associated with. And I actually got to um, got to do the ring announcing for one of his matches. Oh Jesus! Um, he's from Cumberland. Yes, he is. And and of course he's six foot eight inches. Yes, he's gigantic. And um, so anyway, when I did the um, ring announcing for the, for this match, um, you know he. he I walk out to I, I, I walk out to the ring in my walker and uh that, that was a really big deal. That was like a year of prep to do and everybody went crazy and then and then um the all the competitors come out and in comparison to to the ovation that I got, you know, their their reaction was pretty tepid. Whatever guys. You're not as cool as Ben Pierce. <laughs> just, so, just keep going, man. So, so well, it's all relative, man. You work hard for that. Yeah. So when when uh, when Gallows came back through the curtain, talking talking about me, he was telling our mutual friend he stole my pop. Because they were supposed to get the biggest pop of the night because they're like the WWE guys. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so I have a, I have a special uh, affinity for the Bullet Club and uh, Luke Gallows for that reason. Uh, and and I and because of that, I, I've met him on several occasions. He actually helped me with a school assignment one time and sent me answers all the way from Japan. And I got an A on that assignment because of that. So, Kick ass. Uh, very nice guy, and I'm glad he's back. So I I kind of like the OC, and I like this whole storyline because of uh, largely because of that, and, and because they're really good uh, wrestlers on top of that. Now we get to the uh, to the bullshit of the evening, which we already discussed, which we're not going to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to do it again, but it's basically, you know, Monster, uh, Strummond, and, and almost, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind if one of them did anything with any kind of charisma, you know, because it's like, that's, that's like, that's kind of the whole thing with this, with this, with this sport, you know, with this kind of, with this kind of, you know, deeply physical performance is that like, if you don't have charisma, even as a villain, like villains can have charisma too, because half of the villains are like, I mean, Jesus Christ, look at look at Ursula from Little Mermaid. Follow that woman into hell. You know, if if there's a wrestler that could rock as hard as Ursula in their walk-in, everyone in the audience would love that heel, okay? I'm dead serious. Like, no, seriously, like they just they just start playing music. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. Like I would I would follow the wrestler into hell. Just wear the dress, just wear the just wear the wear the tentacles too. It could be a lady wrestler. I'd watch that shit. She could be a heel. I would too. Like a little bit, just a little bit of charisma, just something. These two dudes show up and are like, Ugh. 
<laughs> and I'm like, look, y'all, y'all like, y'all like rocking like kaiju. Like, I get it, but like, at least like Godzilla has some pre-established backstory. He's got all these victories underneath his belt. Exactly. Like the and it, it's just meaningless. Like I said, it, it, you know, it was my it was my pre-established piss break of the evening. So no, I wasn't I wasn't very interested, but I knew that going in, so I was prepared. And let me take a sip of my drink before I continue because ranting on Vince McMahon and what such has got me quite parched. I mean, there's a lot to say about that guy. Yeah. So, um, moving on down the card. And now we have Logan Paul. Um, versus, uh, let's see, because I think we, I think we had. Did I miss um, something? I think maybe. Um, yeah. No, beans. Usos versus the wrong brutes. Um, that was pretty good, but that was pretty much. I can go over that very quickly. That was pretty much um, a good match, but very useless because we already knew that um, the the champions, the Usos, were going to retain because they were facing the New Day for the tag team titles on SmackDown this coming Friday. Um, and uh, that's important because whoever wins that match will earn the record for having the longest reign as tag team champions in WWE history. Um, right now, excuse me, right now that record uh, is with the New Day at 483 days. And um, the Usos are right behind them, I believe. At 477 days. So, like, I, I understand I, it. Okay, I, so I did see Bray, Bray Wyatt's thing. But, anyway, moving on. Sorry. No, we're, we're going we're gonna to come back to that because, because and I'm kind of saving that until we get through the matches. I did that on purpose because... That wasn't a match, right? It was just him, like, you know, like, that was a soliloquy. That was yes. That was a promo. Okay. And um, God, I, I got. I don't know about you, but I love. I love the term soliloquy. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know, but I just. I love that term. I don't. Yo, just quick sidebar. You gotta check out William Shakespeare's Star Wars. It's all Star Wars rewritten like William Shakespeare. And in the uh. in the Jedi Doth Return, Lando has. Two completely awesome soliloquies. The first one is in Jabba's palace, where he's like, I, "I'm going to help my buddy out, but is he going to hate me anyway?" And the next one is when they're about to go into the Death Star, and he's like, "Is this enough? Am I making up for my betrayal of my be- of one of my best friends ever?" And it's just yeah. goddamn good stuff. Moving along. So yeah, I. So you'll have to send me those links and I'll check them out because uh, I, I definitely want to for sure. Um, but but sidebar aside, uh, but yeah, the, I I got it, but like I don't like it when those matches take place because like 
we already know who's going to win because you've already announced another match to take place and established that that match is much more important because the massive record is on the line. The match that you have at this current massive show uh, means nothing. So my question becomes, why is it on the show to begin with? Um, and then the next match uh, was, um, I believe after that we had the main event. Let me, uh, yes. Now, the, this match shocked the living bejesus out of me for many, many reasons. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, folks, um, when they first announced Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul to take place, I, along with many wrestling fans, um, was very pissed off because, one, um, because of the importance and the legacy of Roman Reigns' uh, title, title reign. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he's now surpassed 800 days as WWE um, Universal Champion. Um, so the fact that Logan Paul, some fucking YouTuber who, you know, who, quite frankly, up until uh, Higgins explained it to me earlier tonight, I couldn't tell you what the fuck he was famous for. Um, so that pissed me off and pissed a lot of people off. But then he came into the WWE earlier this year and started his first match was against uh, The Miz. No, I'm sorry. His first match was at WrestleMania in a tag team match with The Miz. Then he had another singles match with The Miz, and then uh, he, had, he has this match with Roman Reigns versus William Ball. And I'm like, oh, God, please. Well, and, and like, that's the thing, is that, like, I know who Roman Reigns is as wrestling. Like, I know him from wrestling. I know who Logan Paul is from public affairs and media studies, and he's had to apologize for making light of a, a human corpse at one point uh, that, that hung itself in the that hung himself in the suicide forest of Japan or something. And it was just, it's just a mess. Like, it's all a mess with this guy. And then he's and, like... Well, speaking of that, I think that, I think that's why he... Um, he, because he, he was scheduled to do some sort of business with The Rock prior to that, but The Rock um, severed all association with him because of that uh, that incident with the body in the suicide forest. Yeah, and I mean, Dwayne Johnson is, first of all, one of like my favorite wrestlers of all time. And the thing is, is that he's actually a really outstanding performer. He can sell anything. Like, they made a movie about Rampage, which was an 8-bit Nintendo game, and I totally bought that he was the most empathetic veterinarian who would definitely be able to charm a 25-foot monkey into fighting a giant lizard because they were bros! Yeah. Logan Paul, I, don't, I wouldn't buy him doing that, is all I'm saying. No, absolutely not. Um, but, but having said that, Logan Paul's run so far has been fantastic as a, as a wrestler. Historically, I don't like it when outsiders come in and do the wrestling thing because it doesn't end very well. 
Uh, now, luckily, as I've said before, um, we've had a good run of, of people coming in recently, such as Bad Bunny, such as Pat McAfee, and such as Logan Paul. Logan Paul shocked the hell out of me, especially with this match, because when this first, uh, when this first uh, was announced, I'm like, he's going to get smashed in the last 10, five minutes. No, and that's, it was, it was really impressive because that guy's got speed and agility. Like, for serious. And what's even more, what's even more impressive is after this match took place, um, we found out via reports that he tore his, his, um, his MCL, PCL, and, and most likely his oh. ACL. Uh, oh. Midway through the match and still completed it. Oh. All right. Respect. All three of those in one match, just respect. Well, no, I, that guy, well that guy is a freak. Well, I, I, I you know, I mean I have an I have a I have a creepily high pain tolerance too. You don't see me exploiting it like that. Um, well, well, Yet. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Well, and I, well, when we have like, and like he's like, I know Raymond Reigns from wrestling. I know Logan Paul from this thing. And Logan Paul definitely like, especially this match, like he knows that Raymond Reigns has got like, what, 50 Roman pounds? Reigns. Roman Reigns? Um, yeah. Reigns has got 50 pounds on him, at least. Easily. Yeah, easily. And so, you know, he knows if he like gets into anything, he's screwed. Like this is, this is a Spider-Man versus Captain America type deal. Like you get, you get locked up with this dude, you're going to get your ass handed to you. So he's definitely using, he's definitely got like, he's using a lot more aerial, using a lot more dodges. And he, and there's some couple of really sweet reversals that he had in there that I thought were pretty awesome. And once again, I went into this hoping he would lose because I thought he was a jerk. But honestly, if you're going to perform at that level, you deserve to not lose so badly, I guess. I mean... Well, he, and, and in all fairness, he shocked the shit out of me. I mean, yeah. he, he, he really did. I mean, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, and nobody in, in the wrestling sphere expected that. If anybody told you that they expected uh, Logan Paul to come in and perform like that... In his third ever match against the against the world heavyweight champion of two plus years, they're high on no. every possible drug you could possibly imagine. No, and it's 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 it, yeah, or it, it that that would have been like an insane thing. Like he just would have been like, no, that's no way. But he, the thing is, is that what I really liked about this match in terms of physicality is there was a lot of contrast. And, you know, when we talk about storytelling, um, especially in the WWE, physical contrast between fighters isn't something we get to see very often. And I mean, like, I mean, talking contrast between style, size, you know, general, like, general attitude. Because the most contrast you'll get is face versus heel. But here we have a guy who's, like, relying on speed versus a guy who's relying on sheer force. You know, and that was... That was very interesting to see. Like that was, and that was the thing. Like there was no way. Like I had no idea who was going to win. I didn't. You know, there was like there was like a real like I have no clue who's going to win, and that's really cool. I think that when we talk about storylines, especially, and you know, like this is once again the pocket universe, but it's really cool to bring that out because they're evenly matched but on different skill levels, 
you know, so it's like this guy's faster, but this guy's stronger. You know, it's like who's who's gonna make it? And for me, for me, it's interesting to hear you talk about that because, like, like from from my perspective, looking at this, knowing Roman Reigns' background, knowing what he's accomplished, knowing who he is in the wrestling sphere, I know I know Roman Reigns is going to win this fucking match. I know it from the jump. So the, the entire time, the entire time I'm watching this fucking match, I'm sitting there like. Every time, every time Logan Paul does something, I'm like, oh shit. And then he does something else, I'm like, oh shit. Like, I cannot believe he pulled that off. Like, oh, yeah. okay, this, this is the end of his run. Okay, this is the end of that match. I'm like, but he just kept coming. And, and like, that's what made it interesting for me. Like, I knew he was going to lose, but like, the, just how good his performance was. You know, I think actually it reminds me of um, Obi-Wan, the show. Did you see that? No. Well, the minor spoiler. Um, early on in the show, uh, Obi-Wan goes up against Darth Vader. Um, and Darth Vader, yeah, he's really fucking terrifying in this version. This is, this is like, I just turned out to be Darth Vader, and I am going to punish the galaxy. But there's this fight where... It's the same it's the same narrative style. We know Obi-Wan's going to lose, but we kind of want to know how and how bad. And there's a sequence where Vader is using his lightsaber with just one hand because that's how little respect he has for Obi-Wan Kenobi at that point. Cuz on the Death Star, he definitely used two hands, but like he's just like wailing on him like this and it's like Ben, Ben, you can go. Distract him. They're distracted. You distracted. You distracted. Go, go, Ben. And it's like it's like that kind of same thing. It's like I was I was kind of getting worried for Logan because he's getting a little bit red and he's getting a little bit windy. And I'm like, okay, tap out, man. <laughs> no, you proved it. I'm sorry. I thought you were a jerk. <laughs> you know, but it's it's kind of that same style. It's like it, it's two very different fighting styles clashing, and them they're both pushing themselves, but the styles are so different that neither one is prepared to fight the other one the same way, you know? Right, exactly. And and I I have to tell you, usually it's very, very hard to surprise me in terms of an outcome of any professional wrestling match because I've been there, I've seen it, you know, I've, I've probably, you know, I've probably seen every kind of match that there could possibly be, whether it be, you know, on TV, whether it be actually physically in front of me, because I, I, you know, I work with a professional wrestling company, you know, so it's very, very difficult. So for someone from the outside to come in and be able to pull that off, I think that's what impressed me the most. Absolutely, absolutely batshit. I mean, I don't know what he trained, I don't know how he trained and who he trained with, but dear God. Well, well, he, well, I can answer one of those questions. He's trained with Shawn Michaels. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> but, um, but that, that... I know who the fuck Shawn Michaels is. <laughs> I had his action figure. Mama, see, see, okay. Because now you've been holding out on me because you know more about professional wrestling than I thought you did. 
Okay. Well, like the thing is that like the thing is that like like I would watch it a little bit and then but it was like professional wrestling was kind of like this this delicious thing, this melange of all the television I would take in, you know. I'd watch professional wrestling, I'd watch cartoons and it would all kind of blend into the same thing. Um Okay. And you know, I like, and the thing is that, like, also, I got into making my own action figures, and they weren't really making like a lot of Venom action figures when I first started liking Spider Man. So, wrestling action figures were the best way to make Venom. Oh, well, that, makes, that makes sense. That, that, that's actually awesome. Yeah, you know, actually, if, if you really think, if I really think about it, I was never really a, uh, an action figure guy. But one of one of the one of the things that I really connected with, um, and I I don't know why this has anything to do with what I'm about to tell you, but it, it, it absolutely does. One of my major interests is tattoos. Yeah. And one of the when one of the major things that got me into tattoos was professional wrestling. I um, and I wrote in a blog a few years ago that the two people in professional wrestling that got me into tattoos were The Undertaker and Rey Mysterio because because one for The Undertaker he just looks so different and it just it played into his character yeah like like now you can't tell what his tattoos are because they're old biker tattoos. But like back in the day, like they look menacing as fuck, you know. Especially sure. with the lighting and and you know, and the, for like Rey Mysterio, everything about him just captured my imagination. So well, and Undertaker didn't take off the long coat until like because yeah, he, he was wearing long sleeves for a lot of matches before he like had the vest. So we didn't see the tattoos when he first appeared, if I recall correctly. Um, well, actually, he he didn't get the, he didn't have the tattoos when when he okay. uh, when he first came in. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he actually told a story uh, one time uh, in a, a semi recent interview. First tattoo he got, he was uh, he was surrounded by a bunch of hell angels, as one does. So it was just it was just kind of interesting, but it's just. It's it's um it's fascinating how uh, how somebody can connect to the different things and for me like professional wrestling tattoo and tattoos just went hand in hand and and those are two things that just never went away much to my mother's chagrin. Well, I mean, when I think about my impressions of wrestling, it's always about it's always about the story. It's always about the storytelling and where the arc is going and. It's it it's not that it's predictable, but it's very archetypal, and it's the performers that make it work. You know, exactly. if they're performers, the wrestlers don't sell it. Like they're gonna do good versus evil, switching sides. They're gonna do that until the end of time. But you have to sell it. You have to work the gimmick and make it real and make it work. Like that's just that's just the way it is. You know. So when I you know like when I see like especially. You know, like when there's something like, you know, uh, I'm I'm just gonna bring it up, strumming it almost again. It's just like I don't care what this is going. You both have the charisma of oatmeal. <laughs> oh, oh God, they, they have, dude, they have the charisma of standing water. Yeah, like I'll just no standing water. I can actually I can actually benefit from. I can get hydrated from that. 
you know, it's just like, like, good God. And I like, that was, that was frustrating. Like that was just, and the thing is like, once again, like, you know, like back in the eighties and nineties, like this shit was insane, you know, like, yeah. Like but, we would, uh, we would go to like, like we would go to my buddy Barry's house every so often, you know, like for Monday night raw, uh, SmackDown and all that stuff, and he'd be like, "There'd be like like twelve people in one room watching these wrestling shows," you know, because not ever like only one of us had cable. I mean, he'd be uh, rowdy as shit, and you'd only get a little bit of it, but whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, like I, I always grew up, and I was the only one in my house that was ever into wrestling, so I don't know. But it was always just something I was into. But you know, but it's it's interesting because. Coming back to Crown Jewel, this one was like the first one that I legitimately enjoyed. Um, as as a fan, and was, I was able to kind of like get out of the politics for a minute. Um, whereas like in past years, I'm like it is so disgusting that this show even exists. It's like what the fuck. Um, and and to the, to that end, this is like the first. Uh, Crown Jewel that I've ever watched in its entirety. Well, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that concessions were made in order to, in order for, in order for these performers and wrestlers to do things on camera. So they're like, if they make jumpsuits, then they can fight. You know, then that's that's kind of like the, there. There seems to be a better give and take and negotiation between the WWE, WWF, uh, and all those personnel and the kingdom of, and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So let's hope that this continues because guess what? Sports is the best. There's two ways to be a good ambassador, sports and food. So well, you're you're exactly right. And, um, you know, this was just one of those things where, um, I was like, I don't, I don't know how this is gonna work. Talking about like when this first uh, hit, um, talking about the Saudi shows because I was just so uh, disgusted with the timing and the circumstance. Yeah. Um, and I, I still am like the whole Saudi Arabia thing kind of makes me, uh, hence why we never talk about it on the other show. But maybe with this current administration, it can be a little bit different. I don't know. I do know that they're locked into this contract for quite a, quite a long time. So, I mean, we're going to have well, a lot more opportunity to do these kind of shows. But here's something else that I saw, though. There were two guys in the audience, and the wrestlers drugged them out of the audience and brought them into the ring. Did you see that? No. It happened. It was like it was like at the um, it was almost at the tail end of everything. I'll have to go back and take a look at that. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was like it was like two guys. It wasn't it wasn't it was um it was right before what's his name Logan Paul's brother showed up. Oh okay. There was like some other weird tag teamy stuff, but they like pulled two guys out of the audience and brought them into the ring. They have a story. I'll, I'll check. You know what? I'll check it out and make sure that I'm not looking at like I wasn't looking at a commercial or something. Yeah, well, because I I didn't notice that. But. I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the exact minutes. Don't worry. Okay. If if okay. if it if it's real, it might I might you know it might be the concussion. Where did you get a concussion from? Oh, uh, it was a while ago. It's just the pro- like the the problem with concussions is that like technically you're not 
Technically, you'll feel the after effects for a couple of years. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, like the like military medics always tell you with concussions, the first one's free. Uh, so, but after that, each one gets, each one basically, it's like uh, the damage stacks. So if you've had one concussion and completely recovered from it, and you get another concussion, you have to wait twice as long for that to recover. But if you get a concussion before your other concussion is healed, then that concussion that you've got before your other concussion was healed does twice as much damage. Oh, shit. Well, uh, speaking of that, we probably learned enough damage to uh, our, our, our listeners' eardrums, but this has been a, a fascinating conversation. And um, I, I would love to have these conversations again, which is why I'm looking forward to uh, having you on our show. And um, I would love to do these sidebar conversations with, uh, with yeah. you again. Well, I, and I think that this is kind of a good thing to do because it, I think that when we talk about these things within a greater context, I think, it, I think it's important. You know, I think it's important to do it because if we keep avoiding politics in the main show, then people are going to be like, why are you avoiding politics in the main show? So I'll be like, well, no, actually, we do an entire episode to politics. Uh, well, yeah, and, um, you know, and, and I completely respect their decision not to do that because I, I asked them. Um, and, um, but I, this, was, this was a topic of conversation that I couldn't pass up, and I was, uh, I was very interested to come on here and, and chat with you about it. And I think we, I think we had a very good conversation, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. And um, you will definitely hear more from Ash um, on future shows of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, um, which is my main show that I do with my other co-host Elio. Um, and uh, this was. This was Ashes and my first independent show together. I'm sure we'll do uh, many more in the future. Uh, but for now, I've been I've been Ben Pierce. He's been Ash Higgins. We'll talk to you later. Take care, everyone. Wash your hands. Welcome to the greatest love you made